Because if people are working remotely or virtual and they don't need to be in the office from nine to five, and get some more flexibility around when they work and how they are working, they, uh, the productivity goes up quite a bit. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. I think you're going to enjoy our conversation today with my guest. Uh, she's somebody I've gotten to know uh, through a mastermind that we're both part of. Her name is Anya Reamer Grober. I'm so excited to have her join us on the show. It's amazing hosting a podcast, being able to speak to people all over the world. She's joining us live from Germany. Now, Anya is the founder and CEO of a company called Management Made Easy. It's an online business management service, an OBM. And she focuses on building trust in client relationships. And she does this by leveraging virtual tools, uh, remote work, and then online operations, which helps to create a consistent client-focused service experience for her clients. Um, her business motto is that we take care of managing your business so you can keep doing what you're an expert in. With her unique approach, uh, she combines well-organized structures, processes at the back end, and strong trust-building client experiences in the front end of the business. She inspires and supports her clients to bring more authentic humanness into the business world. So I'm super excited to welcome Anya to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Hey, Anya, super excited to have you on the show today. So welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast. Yeah. Hi, Doc. It's great to be here. So I'm really excited to talk to you today um, and let you share with our audience. I've got my notepad out planning to take a, a lot of notes because you have a superpower of organizing and helping people get things done efficiently and staying on schedule. Is that is that about right? Yeah, that, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you share in your own words um, instead of my made up introduction, what it is uh, exactly that you do? Well, I'm an online business manager. And that basically means I'm in the back end of a business, hopefully an online business, but a local business is also fine. The main thing is that they are doing their daily operations uh, virtual in, in some form or another. And I'm really helping the business owner to streamline it, to set everything up, to manage the, the projects and the tools and the people behind that. Um, so just to make sure that the business owner doesn't get dragged down in all the, these daily operational, technical and whatever tasks uh, and instead has time to focus on their expert work. So you said a couple of things I just made a note of. One is that you help manage the projects. So yeah. you're kind of like the project manager. So you're negotiating people's time to help out and you're also helping to manage the staff. Yeah, that's that's right. So do you, can you can we break those two things down? So um, in terms of project management, so you're saying this is all done remotely. So what sort of tasks would somebody outsource? So if they say, hey, Anya, you know, I, I'm overwhelmed. I'm buried with work. I can't get everything done. I need some help with some projects. So what would that look like from the, um, the person that's delegating that? Well, basically uh, what I'm talking about are initiatives like doing a big launch or creating a new program, um, writing a book 
whatever those big initiatives are that you might want to do to grow your business, to get more visible or to do your marketing in a, in another or in an effective way. Right. And mm -hmm. most business owners really underestimate how much work it is to do a launch or to create a new <laughs> program. Right. They are, yeah. they usually keep telling me, well, I'm just doing that and I want to have it done in the next two weeks. Uh, and my answer is in most cases, well, no way <laughs> that's not working. And so, yeah, I'm helping them to uh, get a map out a strategy, basically, get it chunked down into doable and trackable tasks, and then see who on the team can do what and in what time frame, and or who do we need to hire or get on the team to actually get it done. Okay. So, so that makes sense. So you help them map out the strategy. So I want to go from here to there, whatever the here to there is. I want to write a book or I want to do a launch for a new product. So when you do that, is, is there a, do you normally use the software that the client's using or are the clients using a software, project management software to do that? Or do you bring that to the table as well? So what does that, what does that look like in most of the cases when you're working with people? Well, uh, in some cases, people are already using some form of project management But uh, the typical case is that they are not using anything. They are tracking their things in a Google Sheet or something like that. And then um, I'm usually recommending the software suite that I am using, which is Trello as the main project management board, uh, combined with Slack as the, well, you could call it the communication hub where you really talk about uh, the tasks and the projects and the progress that you're making and involve whoever needs to be involved in that conversation. Okay, that makes sense. And, you know, I think that uh, I was surprised. I mean, you said that a lot of your clients are tracking it in Google Sheets, which is great. My experience has been lots of times the clients are tracking it in their head, which makes it very difficult to have anybody else to be part of the conversation when you always have to go to the CEO and say, okay, so what were you thinking? Yeah, that's true. But basically, the project management part of my work often begins after I'm working with the client for some time already. Uh, and in that time, I'm making sure that they get their personal management done, really, like getting rid of unnecessary tasks, being the master of their own schedule, a very important thing. Um, and actually, I get them in the track of thinking about not how they get things done, but better who gets things done for them or with them. Wow. Well, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So you've got pro project basis one, which makes sense. Okay, I want to do this. I want to go to an event. I want to speak in an event. I want to launch a book. I want to uh, whatever. But you mentioned something else I thought was really interesting. So being the master of your own schedule. So do you want to just expand on that? What does that mean You know, when you say that? Yeah, well, uh, most of the people, I, when I start to work with them, they are telling me the same things like I'm overwhelmed, I'm the bottleneck because everyone relies on my decisions and I'm working 60 to 80 hour weeks, which by the way, for me is like, uh, I can't even imagine that, right? But people are doing that. And the first thing that they need to really learn and get into the habit of is to really protect their time. Mm. And I'm usually working with them on that by categorizing their tasks into this is something that actually needs to be done by 
you yourself. And this is something that you can easily hand off to someone on the team. This is a task that might not even be necessary and you are just doing it out of uh, some habits, right? <laughs> and yeah. when we are finished with that, we are, or we are practicing more or less time chunking. So uh, I'm usually asked them to put categories in their calendars instead of time frames to make sure, okay, this is my two hours where I'm working on my emails. I'm reading my emails, I'm answering them, I'm archiving them, whatever I need to do with them. And then I'm done for the day and don't touch my emails anymore because they are distracting me from other things, right? And I'm really, this is a process that usually takes mm, two to three months. And I need to nudge them and remind them and really go deep into these types of things with them. But once it clicked and once they realize how freeing that is, they are automatically starting to do that by themselves. And then I know, okay, now we can move on to part number two and talk about project management and all these other types of things. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I like I like your approach in terms of protecting your calendar because I was looking at my calendar last week and this week and I'm thinking, man, I've got way too much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what what was I thinking? I know I know tomorrow I've got basically three hours of meetings. And they all stack one upon the other. I'm thinking, when am I going to get a chance to get a <laughs> cup of coffee or get some lunch? Who, who did that? And the answer is I did because, you know, to your point, I allow things into my calendar. Yeah. And so my personality style is, oh, I can do one more thing. I can do one more thing. So I just keep adding them. And it's like, hmm, that was that wasn't a wise decision. So maybe next week will be a bit a little bit better week. Now, in terms of helping people to delegate, what I wrote down was a note here that what is mission critical? And it's taken me a really long time to accept that there's people on my team that will do things better than me. And there's people on my team that will do things at like 80% of capacity the way that I would want it done. And I just needed to get to the point where I had to decide what's what's acceptable. Is it If it's not mission critical is, for example, um, if somebody's scheduling my, my social media, if they're scheduling in a way that is, is 80% as effective as me, I'm better to leave them to do it <laughs> than to do it myself. Yeah, that's true. So you said that you help them to get their schedule in order. Mm-hmm. Um, so protect by category. So give me an idea what that means. Um, so I'm just trying to visualize what does it look like when you're saying set up a cat- set up categories. Yeah, that, that's for example, um, a lot of people, as you said, allowing their clients to just book themselves into their calendars, and that in most cases that means they have two meetings on Monday, one on Tuesday, another one on on Wednesday and three on Thursday, things like that. But if you ever had a meeting, you know that it needs preparation. You uh, actually have to take the time to be in the meeting and it will also take some time afterwards until you can start to do other things in your day. So your days are basically scattered by those meetings. Right. Uh, when I tell my clients, well, you need to set boundaries then and tell your clients, okay, I'm available for meetings on Mondays and Wednesdays and the other days of the week are not open for any client meetings. They are usually very reluctant to do that because they don't know it any other way. But for me, uh, for example, that works really great. I'm open for client meetings on Mondays. That is where we do our weekly 
planning and talking about the goals of this week, what projects need to be done, and so on and so forth. And that gives me the freedom to use the other four days of the week to do other things that are equally important than the actual client meetings. Where is client delivery work? Where is work where I need to do my admin, my bookkeeping and all that kind of stuff? Where is a time where I need to do my marketing? Um, when there is a time where I'm on masterminds or um, being interviewed on podcasts, right? you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And just making time for that by planning in categories is really uh, a great thing because you don't you don't have to put into your calendar on first day from 10 a.m. to noon, I'm doing uh, this and that specific task. It's enough to put in, okay, there's a time block for, from 10 a.m. to noon where I do client work. And throughout the week and, and throughout the maybe the workflow that you have, you will know once the first day, 10 a.m., scheduled meeting or scheduled appointment or time block arrives, you will know what client work fits in and needs to be done by then. Yeah, I think that lots of times that's obviously a, a, an issue that you don't block times to, like you said, you don't set aside time for marketing, you don't set aside time for client work or administration, you're busy doing other work or doing other tasks that aren't necessarily what you need to do, keeping your your business moving forward. Yeah. And I think the biggest, the biggest lesson that I learned in terms of being more efficient with my calendar was when I first started my podcast a couple of years ago, I went and I spoke at an event and I got overwhelmed with response. I thought, mm, I can't. I can't, I can't do this. I don't have the cycles. So when I went in and I set up a calendar, it was really kind of empowering to go into um, the, my booking software. I use a software called You Can Book Me mm -hmm. and say, okay, so I'm going to do all my podcast interviews on Wednesday afternoons and Thursdays. And these are the times I'm going to run and, and that's it. So I don't do them on Monday. I don't do them on Friday. I don't do them on Tuesday because like you said, I have to prepare. So, and that really forced me into starting to get some systems set up because um, I really wanted to have the podcast and, and I needed to get organized. And so now I've got a whole bunch of different calendar links that I share out for people. Hey, I want to have a general meeting with you. Fine. Here's my link. And there's some meetings I take where they're, I'm only available two hours a week. Mm -hmm. And once the time is booked, it's booked. Very cool. Yeah. I love, I love this conversation. <laughs> I have a really long way to go, but, you know, but to your point in terms of meeting prep as well, I mean, so, you know, you've got to, if you're having a client meeting um, or I'll just use my podcast as an example, uh, pull up the guest sheet, make sure that they're, they're registered so they can log in. We'll go look at all their social media platforms, read some of their blog posts. If they've been on other podcasts, listen to podcasts. So it, it might be an hour of prep. And then there's the 30 minutes or 45 minutes of the actual interview. And then there's the follow-up that happens after that. Yeah. And especially the follow-up part, that's what I realized is oftentimes uh, people just forgetting to schedule for that as well. It sounds like, oh, it's just a two-minute email or five-minute email uh, as a follow-up and a thank you. And it actually takes way longer because if the person responds and you don't want to lose the connection, then you respond back and so on and so forth. So it can get really time-consuming just to do the follow-up, right? So let's talk, let's shift gears a bit mm -hmm. and let's talk about now you helping to manage, um, manage a team. Yeah. So can you give an example? Now, you, I'm not asking you to name your client or uh, reveal any secret information, but um, can you give an example, you know, of, of a client where you help them with their team? 
and what that what that looks like for you? Yeah, basically, uh, again, going back to the basics, because um, I do have clients who already have some people on their team. But when I'm interviewing them to find out what they are actually doing and what their role is, it's uh, very revealing and it happens more often than not that people are not even clear about what their role is and what their responsibilities are and things like that. And that in itself leads to uh, work not getting done because nobody feels responsible and other work uh, being done two or three times over because everyone's working on that at the same time. And just by clearing that up and uh, doing a virtual org chart and uh, just really focusing on role clarity really helps my clients to see, oh, okay, I have this team of people, but I'm not using them uh, effectively or not to an extent that I could use them. And suddenly, if you have the clear roles, you are also discovering, oh, I have a gap there. To give you an example is um, I'm working with accountants, for example, and they usually have people on their team that are accountants as well and that are bookkeepers. Um, and what they're really lacking is someone who does admin work or someone who does client outreach and marketing. And sometimes, depending on the personality of the people on the team, sometimes it gets covered a little bit, but oftentimes those tasks just get neglected or are added to the normal eight-hour workday. That's why it's resulting in 12 to 14-hour days, right? And once they have that clear and they are seeing the gap, they can actually build their team intentionally and fill those gaps that need to be filled. Yeah, I'm just just thinking here as you're as you're saying that. I mean, you're right, and I think one way that um, I experienced having better, more clear defined um, org chart and team responsibilities and roles was when I started hiring remote staff. Mm-hmm. So um, with the staff that work with me in the office, it's very easy for someone to say, "Hey, I've finished this, whatever the project is. What would you like me to do now?" And I could blurt out at a hundred miles an hour a set of instructions <laughs> for the next the next thing as I'm walking to my office, go and shut my door. And I assume that that my quick download that I've been thinking about for weeks, I shared in two minutes uh, that the team members got it. And that's, you know, I learned really quickly. That's definitely not the case. But working with remote staff, I've learned, hey, I need to slow down, give better instructions. Uh, maybe it's a, you know, maybe I'm taking a task off my my desk that I do myself. It's like, hey, I can do this faster. It's quicker for me to do it than it is to teach somebody. It's like, no, I can do a screen capture. I can do the task that one time, capture it on video, and then I can share that with my team. And now they can see how it's done and not have to do it anymore. Yeah, that's true. And uh, another very freeing thing that let's put it let's put the word freeing on it is uh, once my clients start start shifting from okay I need to well I'm delegating a little bit but I still need my staff to come to me for decisions um, and once they are they start shifting their mindset around that and really. Uh, delegating not the actual task, but the result they want, that's when delegation is really effective and frees up their time. Because if they just are telling the staff, okay, get some, to to get a word example out, right, Uh, get some flowers for the front desk, 
and uh, they don't care if those flowers are red or yellow and if it's three or five flowers, then they get the result that is they want to have some flowers on the front desk. But if they are expecting their staff to buy two red flowers and three yellow flowers and put the whole bouquet on the um, front desk and they are not communicating that, the staff will pick up their phone once they are in the flower store and ask them, hey, what color do you want and how many flowers do I need to buy? And that's not freeing up time. That's just keeping yourself busy. Yeah. And, you know, what's the budget? So, yeah, it's like I don't don't want to have any part of that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's there's I know there's often some people that I that I work with and and they just don't like it when I say you decide. Well, yeah, but I want to discuss it with you. It's like, no, this is the this is the outcome. This is the budget. I don't need to be part of the the decision. I don't need to follow the process. That's the outcome. And they're like, are you serious? Like, yeah, just that's fine. Just go do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's interesting. I think that you know, for me, and I think especially now, kind of looking at how the world is, that uh, by having time in your schedule, I mean, if you're the CEO or you're the visionary or the entrepreneur in your business, that freeing your schedule and managing your team, you know, does a couple of things. First of all, like you said, you need to have time for marketing. And as a marketing guy, I'm going to say, hey, you should spend lots of time marketing. But but people will get busy doing the work and talking to their clients and don't set time for marketing. So they don't have new business that's always coming in the door. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people do that. But the bigger, more important thing is that, you know, uh, we started a business because we had a certain vision and mission that we wanted to achieve. And when we get over busy, we don't have, or at least I find, I don't have any thinking time. That's true. Yeah. It's, so noisy. There's so much stuff going on. There's always someone banging at the door. There's the phones ringing. They're getting text messages. I'm getting Slack messages. The email's going. Uh, when do we have time to actually sit back and think about, hey, you know, am I going in the right direction? Like, hey, I'm making really good time going this way. But is, is that the direction that I, I I set out to have my company going? I don't want to, you know, five years later figure out, yeah, this was fun, but uh, this isn't the direction I wanted to go. <laughs> Yeah, and and that's why having a gatekeeper is really important. And usually I'm taking on that role, at least in the beginning, until my client maybe decides, okay, someone on the team should do that. And uh, I'm fine with that as well. But it's really important to have someone who kind of protects you from the day to day. Yeah. Just because you uh, need to make those strategic decisions and strategic decisions take inspiration, take learning and take time. That's just how it is. Now, do you help your clients directly to start developing systems, written policies, procedures, or do you help guide one of their team members to do that? That really depends on the client. For smaller clients who don't have a team yet or not that many team members, I'm starting on that and do it, actually doing that for, for them and with them. But if the client already has, let's say, four or five people on their team, there's usually someone amongst them. And that's why I'm interviewing the team members. One of the first things I'm doing is interviewing the team members to see, okay, what are their personalities? What are their working styles? Things like that. And chances are that if you have four to five people on your team already, that one person is a, a more structured thinker or does follow processes by themselves already, even though there's nothing written down. And that person is uh, most of the time really suited to do that type of work, 
if they enjoy that. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. So what, uh, where do you think the, the biggest opportunity is for people to get started? So, you know, for our listeners that are going, okay, that sounds really cool. Um, or maybe it sounds really scary and, and they're nervous to take the first step. What does the first step look like? Do you mean in terms of outsourcing or? Yeah, in terms of outsourcing. So somebody says, okay, hey, I like, I love this conversation, Doug and Anya are having. Sounds a bit scary. However, I find myself working all these hours, my schedule is plugged up, or I don't have a clear definition of my team, or everybody comes to me. So, I, you know, I need to take the next step. So I'm, I'm assuming the next step is they would reach out, uh, have a conversation with you. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the first step. And the step afterwards is that I'm actually putting them through a very uncomfortable exercise. But um, oh, we're not, we're not supposed to say that because people want everything to be easy with no pain. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. <laughs> and it will be a breeze, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just, that's right. Be honest. It's going to hurt. Okay, so what are you doing to them? Yeah, uh, um, I'm sending out kind of a, uh, yeah, it's, it's a Google Sheet. Um, and I'm calling it uh, Business Systems Assessment or Business Systemization Assessment. And where it has a lot of very uncomfortable questions on it. For example, uh, how do you do your marketing? What do you use for tracking your numbers? Who on your team does what? All those types of things really going down into the details of their daily operations. And no matter who my client is, most of them are telling me afterwards, okay, that was very scary, but very relieving uh, at the same time. I'm feeling relieved because I now know exactly where I have gaps and what I don't know and what I need to fix. And that's the position that I'm usually thinking, okay, great, now you're ready, let's go. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I, I guess it's also freeing too, because as you write it down, then, you, then as you know, um, the author of that document is I'm responding to you, I'm seeing the gaps. Um, so there's going to be some of the gaps that I already know in my head. Um, but there's got to be a sense of relief. It's like, okay, now somebody else knows that I'm, <laughs> that I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this. Maybe they can help me. Yeah, that's exactly the thing that uh, I keep hearing then. Uh, if you're asking the question, uh, I I assume you already have a strategy on how to solve that. Um, and in most cases, I can tell them that I not, not only have one, but a few possibilities how to solve that. Let's have a conversation about that because it needs to fit your business and your values and basically what you want to achieve, right? Yeah. So what is, um, what is um, you know, working with someone like yourself as an online business manager, what does that relationship look like for the company? Is this something that you say, hey, um, I'm going to block out, uh, you know, it's probably going to depend, but I asked the question anyhow, on behalf of our listeners, <laughs> is that something that you do? Uh, you say, hey, I'm going to give you this many hours a week or this many hours a month, or how do you structure your relationship with the client that's going to get started um, in this direction? Yeah, uh, I don't do any fixed amount of hours uh, per week or per month because especially if you're managing someone or uh, a team or uh, like a whole business, you can't tell how many hours that will take you. But what I'm doing is that I'm setting up a workflow between me and the client that works for all of us. And what I'm also doing is having really strong boundaries and a really strong line of communication with them so that everyone is clear, okay, this is my role and this is your role. And I can do 
or I can help you and support you to that extent, but not more. If you want more or need even deeper work, then you need to either have someone on your team or to hire someone. And what I'm really making clear from the get-go is that I'm not the not necessarily the doer of the task, so not the person who's doing the task, but I'm really the person who is in between the business owner and the people who are doing the tasks, really kind of the gatekeeper. Um, I'm strategizing with the client on how things get done and what the strategy of uh, the implementation should look like. And then I'm chunking that out to the different team members or contributors and make sure that everyone stays on track. So I'm more of a high level uh, strategizing person than the actual doer. I can be in the doer uh, role, of course, but that's something uh, that really needs to be communicated between the client and me uh, on a regular basis, more or less. Well, that's really cool. So we can just kind of hand you the keys and go on vacation. They'll come back and everything will be running just fine. Well, it's not quite that. <laughs> uh, I actually have to go to get my clients there, but uh, it requires a lot of work and preparation before that. So, <laughs> so looking back on your clients and the work that you've done, is there a specific example uh, that you could share with us that where there was this uh, radical transformation for, for a client, whether, whether it's the client was um, had freedom and more time for their family and other activities or whether it was a, a major breakthrough in business? Well, I'm not sure if that is a really good example <laughs> because it ended in the client uh, actually giving up her business. But I was working with a client for, I don't know how long, for three or four years. And uh, we built up her systems and processes. And uh, we hired some team members together that uh, helped us well, get the work done. And one of her most important values was actually time freedom. Mm. She, she liked to go hiking and she did uh, vacations regularly, things like that. And once she got to the point there, she basically, as you just said, handed over the keys to me and said, well, uh, I'm away for the next six weeks because I'm traveling all through the U.S. Uh, and you can reach me at key times, but anything else I'm just keeping in your hands. That was that were great six weeks. I was basically running her business for her. She could go hiking and doing sightseeing and whatever she did during her road trip. But when she got home, she basically said, hmm, okay, and now I lost my vision for my business. And it ended in her uh, closing her business, but that was not due to that it was a catastrophe or the business didn't run. It was really just her having the time to think through everything and to think, think through what she wants to do with her life. And she realized, okay, this business is not it. That's, yeah, but that's a huge win. I mean, you know, I can't, you know, so many people live with regret. They don't, or they don't like what they're doing or, you know, when they get to retirement, they look back in their life and there's all these things that they didn't have a chance to do. So I think that's a huge win. That's, that's just as important as having your business go the other way where it's, it transformed and grew big You're saying, Hey, this isn't a fit for me. Yeah. Um, and the note that I made when you were sharing that story was that it makes your business more saleable too. I mean, how difficult is it to 
to sell your business and you don't have any systems if everything's in your head and you don't have all the team in place to do that. If you're the doer, um, it's pretty tough to put a a dollar value because you're going to say to somebody else, hey, you could buy my business and work 60 hours a week. (laughs) (laughs) You can be just you can be just like me, which probably isn't what they're probably looking for. Yeah. Let me think that's not really compelling, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not a compelling sales offer. Hey, you could come work work for a little bit of money and work in an insane number of hours. Yeah. So when um, when you're out and about, whether it's online, I guess it's all online now, what's the bad advice that you hear when people are talking about outsourcing to remote staff or working with an online business manager? Well, there are actually a lot of people out there who got burned trying to delegate or outsource things to service providers, VAs, whoever it was. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm hearing that a lot and it actually makes me really sad because, well, I don't want to step on either one's toes, but in most of the cases, I think uh, both parties were partly responsible for that, for that feeling of getting burned, right? And clients are yeah. hesitant to uh, outsource and delegate anymore because they got burned one t- once before. Uh, and on the other hand, the service providers are not not I don't want to say not willing, but they are reluctant to do work and then afterwards send out an invoice for that because they have been burned in the other direction, right? Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's it's always um, I'm it always makes me really sad to hear that because if you have the right key person or the right support for your business, it it can be so such an amazing kind of yeah, have someone having your back is really such an amazing thing to have so that you're not feeling alone, especially if you're working online, right? And just giving that no chance because you had one bad experience, is it, it really makes me sad to hear that. Yeah, and the pushback I typically get is there's this instant distrust if you can't see the person sitting in the office that they're not that they're not working. Um, and I, I, I know that's not the case, but I know that that's the pushback I quite often get from uh, my clients. It's like, well, I need to see you in the office. It's like, why? Well, because. Well, why? You want me to spend an hour driving to the office and then like, why? I can work just as well remotely or the team's remote and the team works. So like you said, if you have proper systems in place and you hire and train the pe- the right people, they'll do a good job. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, my experience actually is uh, a little bit of the opposite because if people are working remotely or virtual and they don't need to be in the office from nine to five and get some more flexibility around when they work and how they are working, they uh, the productivity goes up quite a bit. Because I know it's true for me and I know it's true for a lot of people that I know and, and work with. I know that my best time, my best focus time where I'm most productive is in my mornings. Yeah. Well, I have my clients or most of my clients in the U.S. and Canada. So if they would need me to be present when they are awake, I would not be able to do that much output because that's my afternoon where I usually have an energy slump. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole different conversation. It took me a while to figure out how to uh, how to pay attention to when I'm most productive, least productive, yeah. and then what to do to, to mitigate that. 
So two more questions and I'll let you get back to doing what you do best. Uh, one is who's one guest that I absolutely have to have on my podcast that you could introduce me to? Well, I don't know if you know her, but um, I really like, uh, from a marketing perspective, I like to work with Camila Gornia. That's her name. And she she has a brand name that really speaks to me. Uh, it's called Heart Behind Hustle. I like that because it, well, just projects a really great message. And I'm part of her marketing academy where she has she has most monthly trainings and things like that. But her overall uh, frameworks that she is teaching her uh, clients is that no matter what marketing activity you do, it should be aligned with your business and your goals. And then she gives you a couple of, of strategies of how to achieve that. So she's not one of those marketing people that tell you, okay, if there's one way and if you follow it, you will be successful. And there's only <laughs> this one way because I'm telling you, right? Um, yeah. She's really great. Um, and yeah, she's she has a very feminine approach to marketing, but that's actually what speaks to me because uh, I also like that approach very much. Oh, that's really cool. If you could make an introduction, I'd be happy to invite her on the show to be a guest. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Now, Anya, where can people find you? So if they want to connect and say, hey, I've got some questions for Anya. I want to learn more about what she does and how she can help my business or maybe have an, you know, a call where they, they can have this discussion with you. How do you want them to find you? Um, well, I have my website up, obviously. It's Anya slash Reamer.de. <laughs> It's, it's German, so it might not be as easy to find, but uh, you can uh, always just type my name into LinkedIn and you will find me there. I'm not that present on Facebook, but I do have a Facebook site as well. Where you won't find me is Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> and all those other types of social media channels, because uh, that's another thing that I realized for myself very quickly is if I'm on all of those channels and constantly producing output there, I don't have time to do my core business. So I'm really focusing on LinkedIn and a little bit on Facebook. Oh, good for you. I mean, that's that's a key element of marketing. Like you said, so working with Camelia, she's saying, hey, you know, find uh, find what speaks to your brand. Yeah. And, and your vision and spend time there. I mean, so there isn't there isn't any one way. If there's any one way uh, for marketing, then everybody be doing it. There's a, a million ways. So super good. So I'll make sure that I have a link in the show notes to your website. And yep, you're definitely on LinkedIn. So you can find Anya on LinkedIn. I just want to say thank you very much for taking time and uh, giving us a glimpse into your business, what you do and how you can help people to get organized, to protect their calendar, get some time back in their day and to scale their business. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great talking to you. So there you go, listeners. If that didn't get your juices flowing, I know I've got a whole page of notes. I'm thinking, man, I need to delegate more stuff um, so I can get some more time back. So I really enjoyed this conversation with Anya. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, we'll make sure the show notes are transcribed. We'll have all the links to for her website and as well to her LinkedIn page. So I just want to say thanks for tuning in. We look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.